everyone. Welcome to Great Commission Community Church. We are glad that you are here with us. Um, welcome if this is your first time or one of your first times. Welcome if you are joining us online. We're so glad that you're here with us. Um, if you are online, please uh, say hello in the chat or YouTube. As we gather here together, um, I know that many of us are coming from different places, um, different things on our minds, different emotional states. We are all coming from various experiences from the past week and this weekend, events that maybe have consumed our thoughts, are distracting us, or have kept us busy for this past week. Um, but let's remember that God has invited all of us here um, from wherever we're coming from and our different walks of life to be together as the body of Christ. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So church, let's lean into his invitation, rejoicing in the fact that we are able to step into his holy presence. God loves when his people come together, and in this gathered community, virtually and in person, we can lift up our voices to bless his holy name. So um, if you can, please stand, and let's worship our God joyfully. together love 
just want to be near your heart There is nothing like your love There is nothing like your love All the angels singing
things that are not to bring to nothing things that are 
so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boasts in the Lord. Uh, church, let's continue to worship um, through prayer. If you're able, um, please remain standing. Let's pray. Jesus, just as we sang and read in the scripture, we boast in you. We boast because you, the King of Kings, came down to the earth in human form and humbled yourself. You conversed with the lowly. You helped those who were persecuted. You loved those who were the outcasts of society. Although many of us turned our backs on you, you still chose to carry the cross for us. You chose to take our sins upon your shoulders and suffered the wrath of God that you did not deserve by dying on the cross. And for that courage and unfailing love, we adore you. Um, God, at this time, we also lift up those who are in need of healing. God, we acknowledge that in this broken world, many people are hurting. We pray for those who are suffering from physical illnesses. Would your Holy Spirit be upon them through their pain, their treatments, their procedures, that they would be reminded of your constant presence. We also pray for those who are suffering from mental illnesses. Would your Holy Spirit remind them that they are worthy and loved, that they would stop believing the lies from the enemy and instead find hope in the love of Christ. Lord, we pray that you will provide these people with a good community to speak encouraging words into their lives and remind them that you will not forsake them during this challenging time. God, we thank you that you hear us. We thank, that, thank you that you have invited us into this place so that we can have this dialogue with you. God, remind us that during this time of worship, you're not just the topic of our conversation, but you are our partner in this conversation. When we speak to you, we know you hear us. And we want to hear your voice speaking to us in return. So God, fill our hearts this morning with a desire to hear you. Allow us to bring our hearts into focus so that we can encounter you as a gathered community and take part in this conversation with you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Men Church. Um, again, welcome to all of you here and all of you online. Um, at this moment, we're going to take a, um, a, some time to pass the peace of Christ. Um, it's a simple act, but the purpose is meaningful. It points to Jesus as a peacemaker for all of us and reminds us that we are peacemakers with him. So please turn to someone or on the chat or text someone and just pass the peace of Christ, the peace of Christ to all of you.
Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Just wanted to say uh, we're sharing this morning. Uh, my name is Delwin. I'll be sharing about this morning's missions moment. Um, it's missions moment is a time where we just share about our local, or, local organizations that we partner with or even uh, missions or organizations that we partner with far abroad. So this morning's missions organization that we're sharing, I'm sharing with it about is a local DC organization called Little Lights. Um, I'm sure some of you may have heard about them. Little Lights is, provides a long-term, year-round support services for three public housing communities in Washington, D.C. Since 1995, Little Lights has built trusted relationships to provide effective ministry for children, youth, and adults in an array of programs that center around academic, youth development, economic empowerment, and relational support. Little Lights also provides donation-based anti-racism training for the broader community. So if you're interested in finding out more information, you can please, you can come to me, you can come to Pastor Jonathan, and you, we can help you find out more information for them. They also have a website, I think it's called littlelights.org, if you're interested in finding out more. They have shared us, uh, shared with a couple prayer requests with us, so we'll pray through that this morning. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the Little Lights and their continued work in the D.C. area. Their impact for your kingdom has been great and will continue to strive to bring you glory. May you continue to guide and leave Steve Park and his wife. Thank you for their commitment to serving Little Lights and that you continue to lead them in their work for you. Thank you for all the blessings that you have brought to them and that you would continue to bring new workers to aid them in their mission of serving the D.C. community. We would like to lift up a prayer for ongoing safety for students, staff, and volunteers as they host students in person in, in their program sites. We pray that the Lord will protect all the volunteers and the people that attend the programs and that, that you would keep them in good health. We lift up a prayer for their program coordinator, office manager, Katie Larkins, who just had a baby. whose name is Haley on January 19th and is on maternity leave. May you give the parents and the new baby much rest during this time and that you would lead them and grow this child into a woman of, of God. We pray for Denisha and Kevin as they decide about which college they will attend this fall. May you guide their steps and give them comfort and peace as they make decisions for their future. Help them to know that you are with them and leading them every step of the way. May you grow both of these young adults into men and women that will serve and honor you in their school and their careers. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, so good to be here with you today. Uh, those of you who are new or visiting us for the first time or you're coming back for a second or third visit, we're so glad you're here with us. And those of you who are online, welcome. Um, uh, my name is Steve Kim. I'm the lead pastor here at Great Commission Community Church. I usually uh, worship at Tyson site, uh, but today I get to uh, be with you. I'm so glad to um, do that this morning. Uh, before we look at God's Word, I want to share briefly a few things that are happening in our church community. One, we have Tuesday prayer meetings. It's over Zoom. Um, we try to focus on different topics and uh, different interests. And so this coming Tuesday, we're going to pray for missions. And we're going to especially focus on Darren and Lin Ma. 
Uh, they, are, uh, they are a couple uh, whom we sent out uh, about a year ago. They had some delays in terms of getting to their mission field, but they'll be joining us online. So if you know Darren and Lynn, please join us. We would love to um, pray for them and bless them. We're hoping that they will be um, overseas within a month or two. So please come on out, if, especially if you know them. Uh, I think they would be really encouraged to see you. Um, secondly, we have this thing called Life on Life, uh, Life on Life Formation, and this is uh, essentially a spiritual formation course uh, that's about a year long. Uh, I personally went through that about, about three years ago, and it's been super helpful. Uh, if you are at a place where you want to go deeper, or you just need some um, other people to kind of walk with you, uh, this would be really helpful. We address things like um, Sabbath, uh, rest, um, scripture, prayer. There are nine topics that we cover, and uh, I can't say enough about how effective or how helpful it's been in my life. And so if you are interested, please sign up. The deadline is this coming Sunday, and we have a limited space. So I uh, just wanted to highlight that. Lastly, we have a women's retreat coming up. Um, yesterday, we had our leadership of about 16 people uh, spend a day together in prayer and just kind of vision, vision casting and planning. And what I realized was um, I, I felt after kind of driving back home, I felt like a lot of our, lot of our leaders were tired. Um, I think it was a great time, but just kind of sensing uh, this season has been so long with so many different issues and both personally and work. And I know many of you are... Um, struggling with managing, you know, if you're married with kids and work. And so I, I wished, as I was driving back, I wished, oh, I wish we had just more time to just rest and, and just fellowship and um, eat and just enjoy one another. I think we really need that. And I think this retreat, uh, for some of you, um, this, might be, this might help you to be renewed. Uh, I just want to encourage you. Uh, it's uh, early March. Um, I know... We're still kind of dealing with the pandemic, but um, hopefully, Lord willing, uh, it'll decrease, and we want to make sure that things are safe. But if you are in a place where you just need some source of encouragement, I want to really highlight this and ask you to come out. Uh, this will be a great time. We have a speaker coming from the West Coast, and she's going to share God's word with us. Well, not with me, but you know, with the ladies. Um, so yeah, do, do come out if you uh, are interested. All right, um, we do collect offering online, so let's just bow briefly and just pray for that, and um, yeah, we'll just ask God to bless our offering uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, we just simply acknowledge that everything that we have is from you, including our finances, and so we uh, surrender that to you. We offer our gifts to you. We pray that it will be pleasing before you and that you would use it to further your kingdom bless your people, build up your church, and cause more people to come to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. We've been looking at this book this winter, um, and uh, we're in chapter 4. And so if you have your Bibles or devices open, uh, turn with me to chapter 4. We'll read, we'll start from verse 3. Um, if you, you know, those of you who've been here with us, um, we've been saying that uh, everything is hevel, right? Everything is meaningless, it's vapor. One of the things that uh, the, the author, the preacher, talks about often is our toil. 
how our work and our toil, our activities are hevel. It's meaningless. Um, so he says, just for example, chapter 1, verse 3, he says, What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? Again in chapter 2, I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun. Again, chapter 2, verse 20, I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Chapter 2, verse 22, What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. In chapter 3, verse 9, What gain has the worker from his toil? And the implied answer is nothing. And in chapter 3, he talks about how there is a season to build up. Then he goes on to talk about how there's a season to tear things down. Um, What he's getting at is at the end of our lives, everything cancels each other out. There is no gain for us. There is no profit. There is no surplus. All of our seasons of our life even or cancels each other out because some, some things we will be successful but we will also experience failures. At the end of our life, there's no gain for us. Pretty depressing thought, right? <laughs> but he also goes on to say this, and this is really interesting. Chapter 2, verse 24, he says, There's nothing better for a person than that he should eat Where was that? Yeah. Uh, and then chapter 3, verse 12, um, he says, this is, I, I think this is so interesting, but this is really important. It says, chapter 3, verse 12, I perceive that there's nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. So on the one hand, he says, our work, our activities, our toil is vanity. On the other hand, he says, there's nothing better for us to to do than to actually work and find pleasure. How does that happen? And I think in chapter 4, this chapter kind of helps us to think about that and gives us a, a, a hint or a solution to this tension that we feel. So if you have your Bibles or devices with you, chapter 4, verse 4. He says, then I saw that all toil and all skill in work come from a man's envy of his neighbor, that also, this also is vanity and a striving after wind. The fool folds his hands and eats his own flesh. Better is a handful of quietness than two handful of toil and striving after wind. Again, I saw vanity under the sun. One person who who has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity 
and an unhappy business. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice. For he went from prison to the throne, though in his own kingdom he had been been poor. I saw all the living who moved about under the sun, along with that youth who was to stand in the king's palace. There was no end of all the people, all of whom he led. Yet those who came later or come later will not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and striving after wind. This is God's word. We'll stop there. Right, so this, this chapter, I think it's divided into, um, I think in somewhat helpful way. So if you kind of uh, followed, um, he says three times, this is vanity. Like our toil, our work, our activities in life is vanity. But then he goes on to say, but there is a better way. See, verse 6, better is handful of quietness. Verse 9, two are better than one. Verse 13, better was a poor and wise youth. So I think this is what he's saying. He's saying our toil is vanity. It's meaningless. And here is a better way. So that's, that's sort of my outline. And we'll kind of go through the passage and talk about why toil, why he says it's vanity, but he also talks about better things. So what, what does that mean? So we'll, we'll talk about that. So let's, verse 4, um, I'm just going to go down the verses uh, and kind of highlight, I guess, three things. All right, verse 4. Then I saw that all toil and all skill in work come from a man's envy of his neighbor. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. All right, I'll pause there. So here's the first thing that he says. He says, our striving and toil come from a place of envy. Let that sink in for a little bit. So I, um, it's an interesting statement, isn't it? So the question is, is that true? I think what he's saying is he's not saying that everything we do is 100% driven by envy. But he is saying That everything we do is tainted by envy. All of our work, everything that we do, it's not that our hearts are all the time 100% envious of other people. No, what what he's saying is everything that we do is tainted by envy. What he's getting at is there is a sense of brokenness in our hearts. Think about this. How often do you think these thoughts, think these thoughts? Man, that person has so much better things in life than me. Right? Why, why, is he, why is he successful? Or why is she getting that promotion? Why do they have what I want? And we begin to think that um, good things are given to others and not me. How about this thought, right? He, we, sometimes we think what I have is so little. Um, why don't I have more? And we begin to think that God might be withholding good things from us, right? Like, God, how about me? Why are you blessing him and her or her? Like, when I'm here, I come to GCCC. 
I mean, I, I help with worship. Matt, huh? Sorry, Matt. Just, uh... <laughs> like, why? I, I try to follow you. Why isn't God blessing? Why is he withholding good things from my life? How about this? I mean, we sometimes think it's not so much of what we have, but we just simply say, man, I'm not very good. Or like, I don't know if you say this, but you're like, man, I stink. I suck. Okay, maybe not you, but okay. <laughs> I do that sometimes, all right? Um, the preacher's point is there's something broken in us. Um, he says that our toil and our accomplishments, our activity become a way to say that we are somebody, that we matter. That's what he's getting at. That our achievement, trying to achieve something, do something, activities, is a way for us to say, I matter. Like, I'm somebody. Now, listen to what he says next. He says, verse 5, the fool folds his hands and eats his own flesh. So this is the other extreme. This person basically says, I'm not going to work. Either because he's given up, maybe works too, too much for him. It's overwhelming. So he says, I'm, I'm stopping pursuing or doing good things. Or he's just simply lazy. He says, I'm not going to work. And so here is someone who is like in the other end of spectrum, right? He's, he's not working. He's not striving. Both are in error. And then look what he says next. He says, verse 6, better is a handful of quietness than two handful of toil and a striving after wind. So this is what he's saying. He's saying, rather than overworking or striving to say, I matter, he says, make sure you do that. You strive with one hand, but on the other hand, you have this quietness. What is he talking about? This quiet, this restfulness. You know what he's saying? What he's saying is the way that we can enjoy, enjoy work and way that we can pursue doing good things for others and in our community, communities is basically have this quietness. I think what he's saying is a way for us to experience this quietness is from, like from the Lord, it's from God. Because the, the wanting to say, I matter, comes from a heart that's restless. Like your heart's restless. But God comes and says, basically, he says, you matter. You're loved. Like you're good. You're significant. And what that does is it calms our hearts. It, it gives us a sense of rest. The best example that I've heard and I could think of is this uh, from an old movie called Chariots of Fire. It came out in 1981, and sure most of you um, were not around, I think, at that time, but 19, it, it won the Oscars that year, and it's about these two runners, right? One name is Harold Abrahams. The second runner is Eric Little. So Harold Abrahams, they both are fast, and they both made it to the Olympics, and they're both chasing after the gold medal. Harold Abrahams, as he's training, this is what he says to his trainer. He's training, and he says, I have 10 seconds to justify my existence. He's saying, if I could get this gold, I will know who I am. Like, I'll know that I matter. Now, Eric Little, um, just as fast, he's pursuing this goal, but he realizes that the race falls on the Sabbath, on Sunday. 
committed Christian. He wants to be a missionary to China. And so he basically says, he tells everyone, his teammates, his coach, he says, um, I'm not going to run. He gives up that opportunity to win that gold medal. Um, now he does eventually race uh, in the 200 meters, and he actually wins. But think about it. Well, like, why would or how would he or why would he give up the opportunity to win like this gold medal from Olympics? Well, well it's because like that, that didn't define him. Was it great? Yes. It's something that he pursued with all of his might, but that's not what defined who he was. And so he says, basically, he had this quietness in his soul. He, has a, he had this rest. He mattered before God. And so he could release that pursuit. Now, later on in, in the movie, he, he's talking to his sister, and this is what he says. It's a pretty famous line. He says, um, when I run, I sense the pleasure of God. So, so I think here's, here's the takeaway. Here is someone who actually sensed God's pleasure in his work. Not because he was striving after for it, but because he had the sense of rest. Like he had a sense of rest. He knew who he was. He heard the voice of God. So that out of that place, he pursued gold medal. And he, as he ran... He sends the pleasure of God for him. I think that's key. Like, that's key to finding pleasure and enjoyment in our work. We don't let that define us. But we have, on the one hand, we hold the quietness, quietness that comes from God. So we know who we are, and then we pursue our work and sense God's pleasure for us. All right, let's go on. And um, just a couple more things. Verse 7. And then again, I saw vanity under the sun. One person who has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. So this person is working hard to gain riches for himself. He has, but he has no one around him. The passage says, the preacher says, he doesn't, have a father, he doesn't have a brother, he doesn't have a son. Now, that's important because these two male relationships are people who might benefit from his inheritance, right? If he dies, it's his son or his brother who will get, like, all the things that he's accumulated. But he doesn't have them, presumably because he was so focused on making money, striving after win, that he he didn't pay attention to rela human relationships. And I don't know if you know people like that who are so focused on trying to achieve some, something where, that they neglect relationships, they neglect community. I remember long, um, several years ago, uh, I, I met a guy here at Arlington Service. He came and um, I had met him like maybe two, three years ago and he just disappeared. He came back and, and I was talking with him. I was like, man, where have you been? We haven't seen you for a long time. And he just simply said, I was just busy making money for two, three years. And he actually succeeded. I mean, he, was, he, like, he made a lot of money. He, he climbed that ladder. And then he said, man, I realized I, I needed people. I need community. I need friendships. So he came back, and he's been plugging into our church community. And that happened. So this person was, again, the second vanity thing about work or toil is that we forget people around us. 
And he even, he was not able to stop and ask this important question, right? Who am I doing this for? The reason why he couldn't, he didn't have time to stop and ask is because the passage tells us that his eyes were never satisfied. Now think about this, right? Like we have our phones and our cloud computers, hard drive. I, like they have uh, maximum capacity, right? I mean, like, I don't know, five gigabytes. I, whatever it is, it, it's max. But our eyes can always take things in. In chapter 3, it, it talked about how God has placed an eternity in our hearts. That means our hearts will never be satisfied. Never. So this person kept wanting more and more and more and more. And so because of that, he never paused to say, why am I doing this? Like, who am I doing this for? And then preacher verse 9 says, hey, here's a better way, right? Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. And so here's the context, I think. The, the first person is working hard by himself. He has no one around him. So even he accumulates wealth, he has no one to share with. Here's a person here, two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil, meaning they have other people that they can share with. And friends, that's, I think that's a good biblical definition of work. Like God's made us, give us God's gave us creative energy. Like we can create things. But ultimately, not to gain something for ourselves, but so that we can serve others, so that we can share our, our profits with other people. That's, that's the preacher saying that's a better way to live. That's a better way to work. Not work so that you can accumulate something for yourself only, but no, you work so that you can share with other people, whether in your work itself or the profit that you make. And I was thinking about this, and um, especially because we're uh, talking about Little Lights. I had a friend uh, many years ago. I, you know, I was called to ministry when I was in college, and so right after college, I um, went to seminary up in Philly, Philadelphia, and um, I remember going there. I, I still remember I had $400 in my pocket. I took my uh, my, my suitcase and my computer. That was it. I went there. I didn't have a job. I, I had to look for something. I registered uh, to study. I was really poor, and I was really struggling. Um, I eventually bought a car because I just needed a car. The car cost $800. It didn't have AC. <laughs> um, I still remember it was Hyundai Excel hatchback. It was a white, small, little car. Someone, like, had sympathy or compassion on me and gave it, sold it to me for $800. And I, I remember my rent was $110. And uh, I used to, um, I had two other roommates. And I just, I just think, how did I survive? Um, but I remember eating on a cardboard box. Like, we didn't have any furniture. That was me for, like, probably about a year, year and a half. But during that time, I had two friends who had graduated with me on a separate just on their own, they told me, hey, Steve, I want to support you. This is, this is guys who graduated, so they're like 22, 23. They said, I want to support you, and they sent me a check every month. Back then, they didn't have Venmo or PayPal. <laughs> every month, they sent me a check for $200 every month. I think that lasted probably for about a year and a half or two years. One guy uh, was a guy named Jay. And I lost touch with him. I was so thankful for him because really without him and his sort of giving, 
Um, I don't know if I'll survive. But um, yeah, that happened. And I kind of let, you know, we kind of keep in touch through Facebook and social media. But I haven't connected with him. I was uh, looking online and doing some research on Little Lights. And uh, once a year, they have this banquet uh, where they invite like key donors to kind of celebrate and, and tell them, hey, this is what's happening. I was looking at some pictures. There he was. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's still giving. <laughs> this blessed my heart so much. I was like, oh, my gosh, here's a guy who started giving. I don't know when he, but he, when, he, when he supported me, he was like 22, 23. I mean, he must be, like, I don't know, 50 years old now. He's still giving. I was like, wait. I, mean, I was like, wait to go. So blessed. But that's the preacher saying that's a better way to work. It's not for ourselves. That's not a biblical way. We don't work so that we can become rich. We don't work so that we can climb up the ladder. No, we work so that we can bless others. However that blessing looks like. Maybe it's financial gift. Maybe it's through your work. Just even just an example. Just even today, and we've been here at Double Tree for a long time. Um, so when we gather, there are custodians that kind of know. They know us. Uh, they've been here for a long time too. And so today, I, I got here a little earlier. I was walking around and went to visit our God's Garden section. And uh, a custodian came and said, hello. Um, I haven't seen him in a long time. Hello. But, you know, what he does is he came, and I don't know how it's happening now, but he used to come and set up chairs for us. Now, that work has dignity because he is working to bless others. He's working for service of others. That's a biblical definition of work. God's given us talents and gifts, and we use it to bless other people, bless our community. And preacher here says, that's a better way to work. Now, he does say other things, right? When you're two versus one, you have other people to protect you, right? And that happens as well. But the comparison is someone, one person who's working hard to make money, to become rich, but he has no one to share with. Versus this person here, he's working, but he has other people that he can bless and he can serve. Better way to work. And that way, we sense the pleasure of God because we're doing what God has created us to do. We sense God's pleasure. Lastly, um, verse, four, uh, verse 14, excuse me, verse, verse 13. He says, better was a poor and wise youth than an old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice. Now, it's interesting here because, just to be honest, this passage, this section really confused me for a long time. So, I mean, I settled on something I'm going to share. But it's, it's confusing because, you know, the pattern was, here's vanity of, of our work. Here's a better way. Vanity, better way. But here, he flips that. He goes, better way. And then he ends with, everything is Vanity. So a better way is, he says, a poor, wise youth is better than old and foolish king who no longer knew how to take advice. So the thought is the same. Here's a king, an old king, who pushed away everyone in his life because he didn't want to take any advice. He's by himself. Now, let me just say this. We, we assume that older we get, we become wiser. That's not true. Okay, not, not that I'm old or anything. I, I'm not talking about myself, but um, that's not true. Sometimes older people become 
more bitter. Why are you guys laughing? I don't like it. I guess you guys know people like that. But that's true. So here's a king, power, wealth, but he's by himself. Because he, he, he was wise in his own eyes. He didn't want to hear from other people. He lacked people and community. And then the preacher says, a better way or a better person is someone who's young, poor, yet wise. Okay? Now, let's move on because verse 14 says this. For he, so the confusing part is that he, we're not sure if that he is the youth or the king. But at the end, it doesn't really matter. So, for he went from prison to the throne, though in his own kingdom he had been born poor. I saw all the living who moved about under the sun along with that youth who was to stand in the king's place. There was no end of all the people, all of whom he led. So let's just pause there. So this is something, this is, whether that's the youth or the, like, he's living a good life. He's wise. He has all the people around him. People are following him. He's like leading there are multitudes of people following him. Verse 16, or verse, second part of verse 16. Yet those who come later will not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and a striving after wind. Okay, that's how he ends this section. So here's someone who was wise. Um, he had people around him. He led well. But after he dies or or sometime later in his life, someone else comes and people forget him. It says, those who come later will not rejoice in him. People forget, forgot about him, his accomplishments, his work, his toil. And then he says, surely this also is vanity, striving after wind. So I think this is what he, I think uh, how he ends here. He's, he's ending, even though we try to do it the better way. Right? We have friends around us. We have community. Um, we try to have, like, quietness in our hearts. Even though we try to do it the better way, I think the preacher is saying sometimes life is not fair. Life is not neat. It's not a formula, right? I do X, Y, and Z, and I will get this result. And we've talked about this. Pastor Carl talked about this, right? It's helpful. It doesn't make sense sometimes, and I think that's how he ends. So where is the encouragement? I think this is where I found encouragement in this passage. That story, that really short story there, who does that remind you of? In the Old Testament, it reminded me of Joseph. Joseph was in prison. He was a poor youth, but he became someone who was powerful. Everyone followed him. Same thing with Moses. Poor, rise, everyone followed. Same thing with David. King David, right, who's a shepherd boy, became a king. Everyone followed him. There are all these characters in the Old Testament that, that fits this story. But ultimately, all these characters in the Old Testament and this story, I think, is about Jesus Christ. See, the preacher gives us hints. He doesn't say, you need to do this, this, and this. But he gives us hints along the way. And here what we see is a picture of Jesus, someone who was most wise. Someone who had people around him. He was humble. He led well. People followed him. And yet, those same people who shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, started shouting, crucify him, crucify him. 
In other words, Jesus Christ experienced hell. Like he went through, he went through life that didn't make sense, right? I and mean, he was God, and yet he did not consider equality with God something to hold on to. He made himself nothing. He emptied himself. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. What kind of meaninglessness is that? That's vanity. Why would Jesus do that? Why would the Son of God go through hell? Like, why, would, why did he do that? Well, the New Testament tells us he did it for us. He did it so that we can truly have this rest in us. See, the restness that we talk about, the quietness that we talk about, it's not theoretical. It's not something that we're hoping that we'll have so that when we walk, we could sense God's pleasure. No, because of Christ, because what He went through, we actually have this sense of great peace in our hearts. There is this sense of restness, restfulness or, or quietness in our souls. We have it, friends. I know several pastors that I've been kind of getting to know, and you know the first thing that they do when they wake up? They, this, they say this, this lengthy prayer, and basically, I, I can't repeat it, but basically, they say something like, I am, I am loved by God. I am loved by my Father. I stand on Jesus' righteousness. I am cleansed by His blood. They're basically preaching the gospel to themselves. To why? To quiet their souls. Friends, today, and we're going through so, so much during this season. And I, I feel that all the time as I interact with my church leadership and just people around me. There's so much happening. Um, but God, through Christ, gives us a sense of calmness and peace. It's real and it's tangible. And the Holy Spirit impresses that to our hearts. So today, that's what we have. And when we stand on that, we can move out and work and do what we want to do, our achievement, and in able to enjoy them. Because we have the pleasure of God. God's pleased with, with us. Friends, can, I, can you just, you know, just look here for a second? God is pleased with you because of Jesus. Like, God says, you matter. I love you because of his son. It's the truth of the gospel. And we stand on that. And as we stand on that, we can move out and bless and serve others with all of our might. All right, let's pray for prayer. Just uh, before we take communion, uh, I'll ask the worship team to maybe play something for us. And let's just, I need this. You know, I just need some time to pause and just remember I am loved by God my heavenly father and it's not matter of an opinion it's not what i wish that it was so no on the cross jesus purchased this declaration for me so when god sees me today now he says i am well pleased with you and that's his declaration for you in christ and so before we take communion and and close our time with a few songs let's just pause and just hear from the Lord in that way today God says to you you're loved you matter 
not because you're able to achieve, you know, A, B, X, Y, and Z. No, you matter because I've created you. I loved you. I died for you. You matter in my kingdom. So let's find rest, deep rest in that today. don't make sense often especially now with all that's happening I know many of us are tired um, we want to hear from you we want to sense your presence we want to hold on to the truth of the gospel not because of what we've done and what we've accomplished or what we're trying to do but because of your son and what he did and what he has accomplished for us we rest in your eternal steadfast love for us so we just rest today we just rest so do your spirit help us to sense your love today and as we come to the table Lord help us help us to come with sense of gratefulness and expectation and just hearts that are open as we think about your sacrifice for us so much for loving us and helping us to know your love for us in the midst of all the vanity that's happening around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's stand and we uh, recite or read the Apostles' Creed together to remind ourselves of, of God's story that we find. So let's read this together and then we'll take communion. Jesus was betrayed. He took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink from it for the forgiveness of your sins. So we have two stations. Um, so please come and as we sing, um, when you, whenever you're ready, but let's just have a heart that's open and prepared to receive his love for us today. So as we sing, uh, whenever you're ready, go ahead and take communion cup, eat the bread, and drink from the wine to remember his sacrificial love for you.
Trading your crown for a cross You willingly died Your innocent life paid the cost Counting your status as nothing The king of all kings came to serve Washing my feet Covering me with your love If more of you means less of me Take everything Yes, all of you is all I need Take everything stand please you are my life and my treasure the one that I can't live without here at your feet my desires and dreams I laid down. Oh, here at your feet, my desires and dreams I laid down. If more of you means less of me, take everything. Yes, all of
if more of you means less of me take everything yes all of you is all i need take everything if more of you means less of me take everything yes all of you is all i need take but creations his pride and adoration treasures woven by his love his careful hands they hold us safe within his promise of calling and of destiny where heaven's but creations his pride and adoration treasures woven by his love his careful hands they hold us safe within his promise of calling and of destiny and I will sing of all you've done and I'll remember how far you've carried me from beginning until the end you are faithful faithful to heart that's for me never-ending story love that's always chasing me his kindness overwhelming and hope for me unending he's never given up on me and I will see you
some rest today in your heart. Can you give an amen? amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, friends, as we go from here, uh, let's help each other feel that continually. Let's make sure each other doesn't forget that. And let's help people who have never heard that before. Let's help them to hear that. Yeah? Let's go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go in the love of Christ. Let's go in the grace and power of the Father. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hope to see you guys all soon.